Hello and welcome to episode three of Real Horror Show. I'm Mark Green. And I'm not. I'm Lee Richmond. <laughs> and today we're going to be having a look at, the, well talking about rather, the movie Malignant that came out this year from James Wan. This podcast is coming to you from me in my pyjamas because I couldn't be bothered to get dressed today. I've got nothing to add to that. I mean, we, we weren't together at the time. I've just turned up at Lee's house and he's pyjama ready. I thought it was for me. I've Turns made, out it's not. I've made zero effort. And that's the way it's staying. <laughs> well, at least you've got something on. So anyway, um, I really, really love this film. And I've been quite sort of vocal about how this is one of my favourite films of the year. And Mark has played his cards really close to his chest and teased me the entire time. Not letting me know whether he liked it or not. So I'm dying to know now. Yeah, I- did you like the film? Do I have to tell you now? I can't keep teasing. Just, just put in the tip and then withdraw. Ooh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, you want me to go in full ball, balls deep right now? I, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the film. Good. You'll be pleased. With it. I don't think I've enjoyed it as much as you have. But yeah, I did like it. I thought it was a good movie. But yeah. we'll get into this as we... I mean, while I say it's one of my favourite films of the year, there are a few niggles with it that I'll sort of get into a bit later on. Oh, we should say, this is a really spoiler-heavy discussion, so if you haven't seen the film yet, I strongly recommend that you watch it before you listen to this podcast. Unless you're not bothered about that sort of thing, then, by all means. Or, listen uh, to us, idiots. if you have no intention of like sticking with the podcast anyway, you, <laughs> you'll be missed. Well, we've lost our only two listeners, which... Probably us. Yep. <laughs> no, I'll have to listen to it, maybe. So, the film. Yeah, the film, it starts in 1993, a psychiatric research hospital. Yeah, the, f- the Simeon Research Hospital. Was that what it was called? Yeah, but not, not Simeon as in like an ape. I think they changed the A for an O. Okay. Simeon. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, it finds itself under attack by one of the uh, patients, Gabriel. It seems that Gabriel possesses superpowers, and that power is gruesome killing. Gabriel is quickly subdued thanks to a tranquilizer gun before being restrained by the uh, head doctor, Florence Weaver, who decides that she's had enough of Gabriel's shit and exclaims, It's time we cut out the cancer. See, some of those early line deliveries weren't great. I thought that little cut out the cancer line was a little bit... Yeah, could take it either way. But before that, there was the chap who said, He's broadcasting his thoughts! And it it came off rather cheesy. I didn't mind. Yeah, but it didn't. It did put me on a. Uh, I'm not sure how this film's going to go. The, the the whole it's time okay at the cancer line was a bit fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and how fucking huge was this hospital? I don't know. The, like the massive manor house type. Oh yeah, see thing mean. on the it's beach more... side. It was fucking massive for what's a research facility. Yeah, but they do that in films. I mean, you get these like abandoned, insane asylum things, and they're always massive, like fucking gothic buildings. But then later on in the film, when she goes back to it. It's still an abandoned building, really. No one's been here. There's no squatters. No film crews have turned up and gone. You know, location scout hasn't turned up and gone. This is a cool place to make a movie. Yeah. It's just this massive abandoned building. Yeah, no, I agree. But, it's, it's a bit of a thing that they seem to do all the time. Anyway, following the, uh, the it's time to cut out the cancer line, we get a title card and a quite nifty score, I thought, from uh, frequent one collaborator, uh, Joseph Bashira. Yeah. Bashara, uh, however you fucking pronounce his name. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, it's is it Bishara? Bishara? Sorry, I don't know, but he did, Sorry, Joseph. But... He did the music for like films like Insidious and The Conjuring. And, yeah. yeah. No, Usually I... I quite like his scores. I mean, I find The Conjuring soundtrack one of the like best things to write to because it's really sort of like moody oh, okay. and fucking... But yeah, I like this score as well. Even, and it, even though he didn't do the saw soundtrack did he i thought there was hints of that in there i don't know didn't he i don't think he did i know speaking of the score a lot of the um score 
lifted itself from the Pixie song, Where Is My Mind? Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't, no. no, no, no. It was one of them things where I was watching the film and I was thinking, I know this fucking tune. And then I was like, ah, it's a Pixies. Uh, okay. And it seems quite relevant, really, I suppose. There was a lot of relevant things going on tucked away in the credit sequences as well, little hints of... Yeah. And did you notice, the, if you know what the film's about, the, the clever thing they did with the, the names on the title sequence, where if, you had, if it put someone's first name and the surname and it had the same letter in it, the letter would split from one into two... Do you know, so what, I was completely lost on me. And I think if it was just one name, so say it just said Lee, there'd be two E's that would then merge into one. I didn't that see that thing, at all. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So even the, the title sequence was, you know, that sort of thing was relevant to the film, which I didn't pick up on at first. I, I made a note of, like, what was going on, and it wasn't until I'd finished the movie, looked at my notes and went, oh, I get it now. So I like that. That was clever. No, I missed that. That yeah. was completely lost on me. Anyway, skip forward after the title card and we find ourselves in present day where we meet our protagonist, Maddie, played by Annabelle Wallace, who was in the film Annabelle. Can I just interject with something here? I hate that little title in every film that just comes up and says present day. Yeah, that but is vague as fuck. Give me a fucking year. If I'm watching this film 20 years from now, it's not going to make sense. I hate when films do that. Just put... You know, 2020, now. Yeah. Done. I'm happy now. Present day. Oh, look, yeah. he's playing with a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's really off-putting if you're watching a really old film and then it says present day and yet it was set in the 80s or something. Present day. Oh, look, he's playing on a Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I don't like it, but this is just me being <clears throat> a pedantic ass as usual. Yeah. Anyway, Maddie happens to be incubating a bun in her oven thanks to her abusive super dick boyfriend, Derek. We soon establish what a complete dick Derek is when he decides to smash Maddie's head against the wall because she turned off whatever sports game he happened to be watching at the time. The head smash thing will play a more important role in the film a bit later. Oh yeah, they, they proper establish him as a massive douche. I mean, she's yeah. got home from work, she's pregnant and he's just... Yeah. She's, oh, I thought you were working late, babe. Yeah. Anyway, shut up. Sports. Yeah. No, you turn it off. I'm going to kick the shit out of you. He doesn't even get up from the bed until it's time to give her a bit of a pummeling. Later that night, Derek has been sent to the naughty step, or in this case, sleeping on the sofa, when some spooky J-horror type shit starts happening. Yeah, I mean, is it the blender? Is it the telly comes on? Oh, the blender. The the electrics and the kitchen come on. Yeah. And this blender starts up. The fridge door opens. And I must admit, when we were sitting there watching it, the fridge door opened, my first reaction was to go... Zool. <laughs> so I was disappointed say, by did that. Did his eggs start a... frying on the counter? For that <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did remind me of Ghostbusters. It was just, yeah. But, but I liked it. He's a Derek. Derek's don't run, so he goes and has a nose in the kitchen to see what's going on. That's when Derek becomes one dead Derek dick. Yeah, this strange, shadowy figure, long haired, black metal band member. Yeah. The killer then knocks Maddie to the floor, knocking her unconscious and causing her to lose the baby. The killer, it turns out, is Gabriel, now all grown up. And Maddie finds that she has some weird, freaky link to him. So every time he commits a murder, she seems to like be bearing witness to it. Yeah, the, the, what her location kind of morphs and changes, similar to what they did in the Silent Hill movie, I guess. When yeah. it sort of peeled away and became yeah, and the other world. Here more. she's yeah. jumped into Gabriel's that is a fair comparison. POV, I guess. Gabriel bludgeons Dr. Weaver to death as Maddie watches helplessly from her own home. Meanwhile, the police detectives investigating the murders start to uncover clues that suggest that the link between Maddie and Gabriel may be more than just a psychic one. Yeah, so we get we get introduced to is it Detectives Kakoa, played by George Young, and Regina, played by Mich- Mich- Michelle Brianna White. 
I'm no, I'm sorry. Look, I'm no good with people's names. And we get the, is it the crime scene lady who's got a crush on Detective Kakoa called Winnie? And, oh, there's Sydney. Um, I forgot the name of the character. The, main, the lead character's sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I can't remember what her name is. Is it the lead character's called Maddie? Maddie. But the actress for Sydney is called Maddie. Her real name is Maddie. Oh, right. That's, yeah, that's why I'm getting confused. I never picked up on that. I see the credit thing was completely lost on me. Oh, okay. No attention to it whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, this is when the twist of the film comes into play. And you sort of slightly start to realise that Maddie is Gabriel, but not in a schizophrenic way, more in the fact that like she absorbed her fucking conjoined twin. Do you know what I was getting hints of here? What? Dark Half. Yeah, yeah, I've actually written that down in my notes. Uh, so there is yeah. a sort of... And Stephen King actually loved this film. Oh, okay. So there is that as well, but... Um, I didn't yeah. fully get the twist. I was presuming it was the, the similar to Dark Half. She'd had a conjoined twin, and it had been removed, and it had grown into a separate entity which isn't quite what happened here i was thinking more along that dark half kind of similarity to it then she was then psychically linked to it and joining this separate entity's mind because it's got that weird backwards movement yeah to the thing so i presume that it was attached to the back of her head they've removed it and it's still it was kept alive or whatever and it was yeah and i wasn't quite right on that one there is a proper name for that uh, by the way it's teratoma okay. teratoma is a tumor made up of skin teeth and hair Oh, okay. And usually it is when somebody's absorbed their twin in the womb. Oh, okay. Sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> Aren't I just a growth made of skin, teeth and hair, to be yeah. fair? I'm so greedy, I ate my brother. <laughs> yeah. And the, when you flash back to the hospital scene, Gabriel, they you discover that they actually tried to cut Gabriel out of Maddie. Not being able to remove all of him because they're attached at the brain, they cut away what they could, and it was enough to suppress Gabriel, and they could sort of like patch Maddie back together. I mean, that, that first glimpse of Gabriel right at the start, is it before the credits, and he's just this, you just see him behind a medical screen or curtain or whatever. Was I the only one who got a little flashback to the dinosaur baby thing out of a razor head? Oh, you are sick. No. Didn't have those little, same little flailing limbs and stuff. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. was like, oh, it's the Razorhead baby. It turns out that Gabriel was kind of like knocked back into uh, existence, if you like. Yeah, the smack on... From the smack on the back of the head when uh, she was pushed against the wall by Derek. Yeah. Although it did, we did find out later on that Gabriel had kind of been influencing parts of Maddie's life where she'd had miscarriages. Yeah, he'd and they were caused by killing her babies, yeah. bringing himself back up to sort of strength. There were a few moments in the movie, I think, that just didn't didn't go anywhere. They weren't needed. Like when uh, Detective Kakoa first goes to visit Maddie in the hospital yeah. and her sister Sydney turns up in a princess outfit because of where she works. Why? It wasn't relevant to the story. Well, maybe not, no. Just, you could have just turned up in a normal clothes and gone to visit her sister. Yeah. Sure, surely you've got cha- time to get changed from your workplace out of your princess costume. Maybe she thought she looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> I look so pretty today, I'm yeah. going everywhere in this. <laughs> yeah. There were things about the film that I didn't like. I just pictured a nail going around the wards like, with a little wand. And, and you're better, and you're better. I, I, I didn't like the policeman. Kokoa or both of them established right from the start Gabriel seems to have some sort of superhuman ability to like kill people really fucking violently everybody he he wipes out later in the film a police station full of fucking that's um, a good scene yeah we'll have to get to that I think it's two occasions the the, the, the the male copper, what was his name again? The, the Kekoa. Yeah, comes face to face with Gabriel in, in some form of a fight and manages to survive both encounters. Yeah. Which is weird yeah. given that Gabriel kills everybody so fucking easily and so brutally. 
this dude manages to like come off okay yeah, in two I'll different agree. scraps. With, with yeah, I'll agree with that. It was almost the equivalent of Arnold in the original Terminator, where he just slaughters a whole precinct full of cops. Yeah, this guy's Gabriel's able to do this, and yet there's one guy who manages to like hold his own. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. This one guy who doesn't call for backup, the, the, doesn't tell anyone where he's going, just chases this freaky backwards running thing. The only bit I liked with the police was whether what was the female copper called? Oh, uh, hang on, oh, Detective Regina. She has one good line in the film. The line about putting an APB air on Sloth from the Goonies. Are you good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. Yeah, yeah that, oh, that was, was after the... Um, was that the... the, the um, oh, what do you call the, uh, the, the police photo... The, the drawings. Yeah, the photo fit thing. Is it a photo fit? A sketch... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. The sketch artist's um, facsimile of... I don't know. We don't know technical shit. No. <laughs> We're bumpkins. <laughs> We've probably appeared on a few, but we don't draw... <laughs> I'll tell you what I did find interesting. <clears throat> I didn't realise that the Seattle Underground thing is a real thing. I have that in my notes too. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't either. Because I thought, oh, that's really cool if it's real. And then I looked it up and there is actually a city under the city. Yeah. Which is awesome. And yeah. you can actually book to go on this tour. So maybe a trip to Seattle. Will be yeah, I, I would love to go and that just to have a look at it. it, seems it it's an odd thing to build it on top of another. And especially where they mention all the hidden tunnels and things like that. It's one of those things I think you'd be like, yeah, I want to go and explore. Yeah, I want to go and have a nose around. But I think the the big sort of like reveal, the big twist, was really well handled. For the majority of the film, you're led to believe that like Gabriel might be like an imaginary friend of Maddie's. Uh, I mean, and that's been done like before. Yeah, horror version of Drop Dead Fred, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. So I didn't actually, as much as like the film sort of like drops little subtle hints throughout that big reveal is what it is. Mm. I never got there. See, I went. I was like I mentioned earlier. I was going for the dark half. Mm. kind of link so I presumed it was a separate entity it, it had grown on her back they'd removed it but it was still alive yeah that was my my initial take on it yeah yeah oh like a basket case thing oh yeah <laughs> Belial yeah <laughs> what's in the basket <laughs> little Belial but I did get basket I mean that's what I loved about this film it kind of it kind of like reminded me of um like Jallo sort of Argento style stuff in places with a little sort of J-horror thrown in for good measure. And then uh, towards the end, it was proper old-school 80s basket case. Do you know what? That's exactly what I've got written down at the end. Well, almost exactly what I've got written at the end of my, of my notes. is that I, To me, it was like an 80s-style horror movie, mm. but done in a way for a modern audience. Yeah. Because when you look at the plot, it, it is fucking silly. Yeah, of course it's silly. Yeah. I mean, she's got a thing living in the back of her head and a skin parts, and he can control electricity for some reason. I don't know. Was that ever really, really explained? I don't think so. I think I think it was just to give a hint of he might be around. Lights are flickering. Although him speaking over the radio, I quite liked. Been his main form of communication. Yeah, like Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked as well if he just communicated through old like TV commercials and, and songs and yeah. <laughs> Is basically Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, so the, the last half of the film is actually a completely different film to the first half of the film, but it works. It kind of works in a way that hadn't impressed me as much since I think probably Dusk Till Dawn, where you get like two separate halves of a film but that are very different. Is this just because it's a full-on carnage scene as well that you kind of liked? It is, but... <laughs> You know, the first half is more, you get like a more of a haunted house sort of vibe to it. And yeah. then the second half is just a balls to the wall action film. Yeah, the first half has got that sort of, there's more serious bit of mystery going on. And then suddenly it drops all those pretenses and goes, we're going to be this crazy 80s 
sort of throwback movie and we're just going to go all out with it. And those yeah. fight scenes were so well choreographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read up afterwards and the there was there was this actress, I think she was Ukrainian, who Maddie when Gabriel was in control. And the majority of the stunts and movements that were done were done physically by this actress because she's like a contortionist or something. Oh, okay, right? that makes sense. So, I mean, that's really clever. The movements are just so bizarre, but work really well. It doesn't look clunky and stupid. Mm. I mean, all her fluid, almost kung fu style movements work. Yeah. But backwards is just so well done. Yeah, so we, we haven't really explained it in the hope that most of you have watched the film, but for those who haven't, Gabriel, like we said, was a conjoined twin but he was fixed to Maddie's back. So when the, the reveal is that he's he's controlling Maddie. Part of him still lives within her. The, the flesh on the back of her head opens up and yeah. Gabriel is in control. But because he's just this back. lump of mush on the back of her head, for him to control her, she moves backwards. And well, it's done it's, so well. I, I did find it a little puzzling, though. When Gabriel takes over, he kind of broke her limbs to... Oh, there was that one scene, yeah, her limbs will snap and crackle into... Yeah, bust them so that they worked... Mm. in reverse like for him to use them when Maddie takes control again later on she breaks her limbs back does she because all of a sudden her arms and legs seem fine (laughs) (laughs) you think at least at some point she'd wake up and be like ah my fucking arms man yeah then I was laying on them when I slept what was going on here how fucking drunk was I (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so that's a bit odd it was a bit of a mystery how like her arms and her legs seem to be fine but I liked how they they slowly hinted at those things you don't get a lot of that at the start I think when um, Derek gets killed and there's, there's like a strange jerky movement to the arm hmm. as it impales his head or whatever it did and you, you're like oh okay that's different and then the the detectives mentioned that the there were handprints on his body that were upside down yeah reverse or something and it it slowly hints that and it's yeah yeah as you get to the original the the scene you mentioned where the detective is chasing gabriel and you suddenly get this moment of like oh this thing moves weird yeah i mean once you've seen the film and you know the twist and you watch it back, you do get more of a sense of the, the subtle hints of what's really going on. Oh, yeah. And, and they're delivered at a really good sort of like steady pace, not revealing too much. But when you watch it back, you're like, oh, yeah, fucking hell. I missed that the first time. Or yeah. um, that makes like so much more sense now. Yeah, just little things that you would generally overlook watching the film through for the first time. Actually, they're very measured in the way that they are put into the film to yeah. sort of like subtly try and tell it's, you what's going on it's a steady drip feed of information which yeah. like I said even looking at the, the credit sequence where the letters which are I've changing, completely missed and a lot of, I bet there's a lot of things if you watch sort of frame by frame in the back where you see doctor's notes and stuff in there yeah. I bet there's a, a few bits in there that might even give the plot away yeah definitely yeah so like yeah I, I suggest this is one of those films that you've got to watch twice and then you'll be sitting there thinking oh fucking hell missed yeah, that yeah. yeah I didn't really sort of like grasp that which uh, you know certain things I'll watch twice and still missed, like the credits. <laughs> there were a few things I wasn't a fan of, though. There was uh, they bring in a hypnotherapist at one point, yeah, to speak to to Maddie and find out what's going on. And Maddie has a full on freak out whilst under, and then the hypnotherapist is still just sort of sitting there watching. And it's not until Maddie's sister is like, "Fucking wake her up!" That this woman's like, "Oh yeah, I suppose I better do my job." <laughs> He was having a minute. Yeah, but it was like you're just gonna let her sit there screaming and flailing and go. That's quite interesting. Yeah, but maybe you wanted to see where it was going. I don't know, because she looked... They all looked a little bit worried by what was going on, but you're just like, oh, that's unusual. Ah, let it play out. Yeah, Yeah. but, you know, maybe you thought that was progress. you got to break a few eggs to make an omelette kind of thing. And no one who was involved in... um, Was the um, Institute in Seattle? I think it was. Well, it was a drive. 
it was drivable, so I'm assuming it must have been... But then her, um, Sydney, wasn't it, her sister, had, had gone to the Institute, somehow managed to, in this Raiders of Lost Ark-style storage of boxes, find the ones she needed, find the video cassettes, get back to her, her mum's house to watch them. Mm. Luckily, her mum's still got a, VH, a video <laughs> player somewhere. Yeah. And everyone that Gabriel was after all lived in Seattle. Not one person had moved away, which I guess was convenient. So if someone lived in another country, yeah. that would have been hard for Gabriel to get on a plane. I guess it was. I mean, the um, Institute was on the coast, and yeah. Seattle is on the Pacific coast. But there were plot conveniences in there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but you know, you've, you've got to accept a bit of that for the story to sort of like run fluidly, not have to jump fucking weeks. So somebody can get down to the other end of the country and find a fucking, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a, uh, uh, what they need in like a mass of boxes. Yeah. And, and of course the film would drag on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I get it's done for purposes of the movie, but it's still a little bit like when you sit and think about it, it's one of those things where, because I have to be pedantic, it's my job. <laughs> it's in my nature. You're like, everyone still lives in Seattle? Her parents, well, her adoptive parents <laughs> she does her sister does all the doctors do the institute's there yeah the whole uh, oh, i was gonna burp no i didn't okay that's much better for everybody <laughs> there's, there's a little little throat gurgle i'm glad um, they held off yeah, we are quite close <laughs> yeah, it's quite intimate in here but there was um we, ma- we mentioned the seattle underground and gabriel yeah. kidnaps the woman who's doing the tour in there for reasons you find out later on and he hides her in this sort of abandoned looking attic which you find out later on is in the attic of uh, maddie's house yeah but that roof had fucking holes all through it. When Gabriel's up there, it's like, oh, what's this strange, creepy, cobwebby-looking thing that's holes in the ceiling? I know, right? That annoys me because the roof. if there's one thing I know about Seattle, it rains all the fucking time. Yeah, most of the shots are fog and rain. Yeah, but that's what Seattle is like. Yeah. Apparently, it just fucking rains all the time. Her house should be flooded. It should have been like fucking Atlantis in her living room. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the first thing you would do is get that repaired, living, yeah. given that you live in one of the <laughs> wettest climates on yeah. Earth. Yeah, you think you would notice these massive gaping holes in your roof. There were a few things that confused me for a start, and once I read up on the on these on these these points, they kind of made more sense. Like the scene towards the start after Derek's been killed, where Gabriel attacks Maddie, knocking her unconscious with the door, where she loses the baby. Didn't really sort of like make much sense to me at the time, but reading up on it, apparently that scene is supposed to symbolise him forcing his way into her world, if you like. Oh, so like, okay. You know, um, that's that's the point where he's back and Got kind you. of like pushes his way into sort of her world. I don't deal well with symbology. No. Although I did notice when she was in the bathroom fighting against him, pushing the door open, there wasn't actually anything on the other side of the door. So that was all her. Yeah. Which she's not aware of, which is another one of those clever little things when you know what's going on, you pick up on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to sort of like read up on that scene to sort of really understand what that Uh, was about. I don't mind symbology as long as it does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's got, it's got to you. You got to actually read it and think, oh yeah, that makes sense, rather than think, oh fuck off. Yeah, well, this this, this was subtle as well. It yeah. wasn't trying. It wasn't ham fisted and heavy handed. It wasn't like in was it Lucy, oh, Lucy. where where um, Scarlett Johansson's going into that building and it's like here's some shots of predators stalking prey in this you know, African savannah. I'm like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, that was really fucking ham fisted and heavy handed. This kept it a lot more low-key, but like you said, in a way that made sense. Yeah, I mean, Lucy was fucking stupid anyway. Yeah, it was. You don't only use 10% of your brain. <laughs> no, no. You use all of your brain at different points. Uh, I think we may have met some people that do, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we may have been guilty of it ourselves, to be fair. No, I think we're more guilty of only having 10% of a brain. Oh, yeah, it could be. Perhaps we've got our own little Gabriel in there somewhere. Maybe. That would explain a lot, because I had real <laughs> patchy parts of the 90s. You know. We drank a lot then, though. Oh, yeah, probably. Maybe <laughs> it, could have, it could have been all that cheap cider we ingested. My Gabriel is an alcoholic. 
<laughs> your, your Gabriel's called Buckfast. Yeah, George Best. <laughs> yeah, sort of mentioning symbolism, though, I um, kind of got the impression towards the end of the film, I think it might be a film about escaping domestic abuse. There's a line at the end of the film where uh, Maddie says that after having defeated Gabriel, she's kind of got her mind back and she's, she's got herself back. And that sort of spoke to me that maybe the film is about like, cause she was in an abusive relationship at the start of the film anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be an allegory for finally escaping a, a, a domestic abuse, like an abusive relationship. Maybe it was always my body. If he was strong enough to do this, then so am I. You don't get to control me ever again. Yeah, I, I can see. That. I mean, I didn't get any of that. No, but that's just me. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm watching the movie. I, don't, I, I really don't do well with symbolism. But yeah, I, no, no. Yeah, thinking about it, I can, I can see that. I mean, that might not have been the point of the film at all. But to me, that's what I, I took from it. Yeah. On the second viewing, I never really thought about it on the first viewing. But on the second viewing, I thought maybe this is a film about a woman finally escaping from an abusive relationship because. You know, there's the relief of finally having yourself back. Yeah, no, no yeah, no, I said, I'm bumbling now. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I can see that. It was, although they did do a, a very vague hint that Gabriel might still be about at the end. But I like how they kept it subtle because the, there's a light bulb in the foreground, isn't there? Like a lamp. And I thought, oh, it's going to glow, but it didn't. You just hear that faint little buzz yeah. of electricity and then it cut. So I like they didn't go full blown. Oh. Well, like I, I did read that they're now working on a sequel. Okay. They're trying to, uh, I think James Wan and Annabelle Wallace are trying to develop a sequel. Oh, okay. Whatever that might yeah, be I mean, like. She, she didn't ultimately defeat him as such, as it was more like, I've trapped Gabriel in my mind now, I've got him prisoner in my mind, rather than the other way around. Yeah. But there's nothing to stop him going, peekaboo, at the back of her head again, and just... I don't know if you've listened to, um, plugging another podcast here, <laughs> um, How Did This Get Made podcast, have you heard that? Oh, they've done an episode on Malignant, have they? Or? Yeah, they did one no, I, I was listening to a week or two ago. And it's actually... Did you ever watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. Uh, well, there's one of the actors from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is part of this podcast. Oh, okay. And Is that like a cop thing? It sounds yeah, cop showy. Yeah, okay. with... Yeah. Uh, is it Andy Samberg from SNL? I think he's uh, in it. I quite like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But anyway, um, yeah, they do a podcast. They did it. And they were sort of talking about potential sequel ideas. And they had this really cool idea that maybe the sequel could be like something happening... And they have to purposely get Gabriel back to deal with some fucking like, almost like you know suicide squad <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, it was the, she ends up in a situation that's so like completely unwinnable that they have to then force Gabriel back out oh, and say, okay. "Look, we need your fucking help," kind of thing. And it sounds stupid, but it could work. So she, get, <laughs> she gets abducted by the guy out of Don't Breathe, and the only way for her to escape is to slam her head into something to wake up her conjoined. Tumor brother, and then it's a film of like two horrible characters—a blind, nutty rapist versus yeah, whatever that fucking thing is in the back of red. Two awful characters trying to be some force for good. All of a sudden, that's probably a really shit idea. <laughs> See, I was thinking for sequel idea, you go really stupid with it and do a. If we mentioned Basket Case earlier, and do a Basket Case three, where all the family come together and there's a whole clan of like mutant conjoined people who are just like you know. Or, We're going to go and hang out with our... we got the the bloke out of... Um, oh, what's the, the fucking Mars thing with Arnie? Total Recall. Mm. He's there. Yeah. Wait! <laughs> that kind of business. You know, you got a thingy, but Belial is there. He's the, the other Frank Kennan lot of film. Uh, brain Damage. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. What was that fucking thing called in that kid, the dude's brain in Brain Damage? 
I can't remember. Yeah, Belial was, I was going to say Selwyn, but that was the baby. That's the baby in Brain Dead. I kick ass for the Lord. It's just the way it splits out the woman's skull, obviously, you thought. Link that to the back of this one, I guess. Yeah, or you could back have of a, this one, the, the back of her head in *Malignant*. You could have a sequel where she goes on holiday <laughs> and slips around the pool because it's wet, bangs her head, and Gabriel comes back, and then it's basically a series of comedic misadventures. <laughs> We're going weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, she gets thrown out of the swimming team because she was doing the backstroke and the front, front crawl. crawl at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, just some disqualified. Sort of, just some sort of Mr. Bean style <laughs> fucking fish out of water, aren't foreigners funny kind of like. Actually, she wouldn't be able to swim because whichever way round she faces, the other one's going to drown. Yeah, so that's going to be quite a problem. And she keeps like changing on your side the whole time. Yeah, sort of like front crawl, back <laughs> front, front crawl, back <laughs> That would be shit. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with a sequel because. There could be a really cool scene where, like, Gabriel goes fucking batshit, kill crazy, because the Germans have been up early and left their fucking towers on the sun lounge. <laughs> we're still going, like, Gabriel on holiday. I like, like this idea. Like they're a double act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Malignant European vacation. Gabriel and Maddie go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a good Just idea like for a sequel. Ernest goes to summer camp, kind of. Yeah. But it's Gabriel and Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Space. Space is the next logical... That's, that'll be like the fourth film in. That's when, that's when you hit the space side, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they send him up to like the uh, ISS to sort of get him off Earth. And She could be a detective. She'd be really good at doing good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Because you'd have Maddie going, you know, we'll do what we can to help you. And then she'd turn around and Gabe was going, I'm going to eat your face! And you're like, fuck! <laughs> I'll tell you everything! Yeah. Don't kill me, weird freaky man. <laughs> There's a lot of ways... Well, freaky man, he's like a meatball with... <laughs> It's a bit weird. I wish he still had his little arms. I like the little T-Rex arms. Yeah. And that'd be helpful for her. Because oh, I've got a fucking itch on my back. And you're like, yeah, oh, I've got it. I don't think he would have been as great at the end for killing that like police precinct full of like, policemen and stuff. <laughs> With his little if T-Rex. His little arms. He'd be like, I'd kill you if I could reach you. <laughs> Come closer, you bastard. I mean, we, we've mentioned that scene quite a lot. And I really liked it. I mean, it, it was start, fucking awesome. It starts off in the jail cell. Yeah. Although, why was every person in that cell... Cunty. Yeah, there wasn't one person who thought, I'm only here for a fucking parking fine yeah. or a speeding ticket. I, I don't really feel like beating the shit out of somebody. They were all like prostitutes or thugs. Yeah, gangbangers. Yeah, there, there was no one that was, yeah, like you said, just in for some random, like, oh, just in And for... they were all female. I mean, I is, presume is that... they would only put her in a female would cell. Would they? I don't know if that's something that, would, that, that is done. It's only a holding cell while they're waiting to be like fucking I, interviewed. I think they're still not. I suppose if they got Billy the Rapist yeah, in there, <laughs> Billy the Rapist, right? he's going to have a fucking hell of a time if he's fucking if it's a mixed gender fucking holding cell. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they'd want to mix them together. No, that's probably that would probably be a really. But I did like the, the the fight scenes and things were really well done and and, and unexpected in a way, like you said, where the film moved on to become something else at the end, and it yeah. was like wasn't prepared for like, oh, we're going to get a massive slaughter scene now. Like, yeah, yeah I like this. Yeah, it was clever. It was, yeah. It was clever. It really sort of elevated the film. And finding out how Maddie is unaware of what's going on, where Gabriel is projecting her the thoughts that she's just sitting in the cell, biding her time, whilst the whole time of that she's out and about maiming and killing. The only thing I didn't really understand was she gets it gets to a point where they're like the, the police are like, you unequivocally did this. Yeah. You, you, you know, you are... Found you were red-handed kind of thing. Oh, well, yeah, I think that's when the body fell out the ceiling. Wasn't yeah, it? and they so drag like, her in for interviews. Hmm. And while she's in the interview with the police, the killer calls them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, says she's completely unaware of this. Mm. Uh, therefore, sort of like 
not implicating her in, in what's happened anymore, but they still hold her in the in the prison cell afterwards, the police cell. And I'm I, thinking, wouldn't they just say, well, it's not you, then you can go home? No, because you could... I thought that, and then I thought, you could still have an accomplice phone in. Well, you could do. That's yeah. a bit like I get, you know, put away for something, and then, and then you just phone up going, I'm the real killer. I wouldn't do that. I'm going to go, yeah, he did it. It was him. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Definitely weren't me. It was but definitely It's, it's that equivalent, isn't it? Anyone could just phone up and go, <laughs> it wasn't her. It was me. And they go, oh, okay, well, we'll let you go then. <laughs> so I can see why they would still... <coughs> well, yeah, maybe. I suppose that makes more sense. But it just seemed to me they were still quite hostile towards her. And I thought... Oh, yeah, yeah. Surely she's, like, off the hook a little bit now because someone's rung up and said, well, no, it was definitely me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah do you, you think that would give a little bit of, like, well, put a little bit of doubt. I mean, the, the Kokoa, I think, did have his doubts anyway, although that could have been just because he fancied her sister. Maybe. Right. Was that a thing? I don't think it went anywhere. He just kind of it was. There was a weird little subplot that didn't do anything where he likes Sydney, like Maddie's sister, and then the the crime scene girl fancies the copper a little bit. Uh, didn't the the other detective called her like? Oh, it's like oh here's um oh god she, she had some name for that. Oh, his little Miss Lovelorn or something. I can't remember what she called her, but it was a little Miss Heartbroken or something like that. And she was sort of all eyes for him. I tell you what, I did like. I liked the ending. I liked the way that. <clears throat> When Maddie sort of started getting some control back, figured out how to gain control. When when Gabriel's got a sister pinned under that hospital bed, she turns the table on him a little bit yeah. and sort of puts into his mind that he's killed the sister. It's like a complete trick. Yeah, she, think... she does a re- re- reversal on yeah. Gabriel of what he was doing to her. Yeah, that was quite well done. Yeah, because you know? you've made me think, oh, I'm still thinking of sequel things now, like, because they could have done a full Terminator 2 where he's grabbed her by the back of the head, slammed her face first into something and then the... He morphs and then... Oh, I've just punched the microphone. <laughs> he, he morphs and then he suddenly faced me and there's that bit with a T-1000 suddenly his face is where his back was. So at least they didn't go that far, I no, suppose. I thought you meant like at the end they could like throw him in some like lava or we some shit. see her put a thumb little up. Little thumb up. <laughs> <laughs> My little sister cried at that moment, I believe, when she first saw it. Oh, God, I really? can't remember how old she was. That was the one part of the film that I thought was... Sh- I mean, I love T2, but that yeah. was the shittest part the of the film. The thumbs up was silly. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> people can't see you doing that Lee but rest assured Lee's thumbing up like oh a... yeah this isn't a visual media is it <laughs> thank fuck pyjama boy yes well, I'm comfy <laughs> I'm very comfortable today it's cold out and my dressing gown's nice and warm it is cold out I had a drive through the but yeah I had a drive through I've, I've put a jumper on which rarely happens <laughs> it's not a common event for me you could have got a Christmas sweater somewhere yeah, I've got one I think he's got a stormtrooper on it oh okay yeah um, someone bought me it last year oh okay and it was really itchy. <laughs> I, I know we're digressing, but yeah, I hate getting Christmas stuff, clothing. The wife does it on purpose. She'll buy me like Christmas socks. I'm like, I can't fucking wear these in January. You'll wear, you know, I've got to wear them in the summer. Walking around with fucking snowflakes. And I've got some Christmas boxer shorts. They've got Brussels sprouts on them in Christmas hats. Oh, right. See, that's fine because they're underneath stuff. No one's going to see them. Not I'm not going to walk around. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to walk around in summer with a Christmas t shirt on or whatever because I'm like, yeah, it's just it's fucking stupid. I think the closest to a Christmas t shirt I've got is a diehard t shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I shall wear at Christmas because <laughs> it is the best Christmas movie ever made. I'll have to. I'll have to think on whether it is the best or not. There's a lot. I'd, I've mentioned to you, didn't I? You like looking. Santa Claus the movie, don't you? <laughs> Miracle on whatever thirty fourth Street. Oh, look at that! I could, we got the numbers. Yeah. No, I was looking at. Um, well, we're really digressing now. But I was looking at Christmas horror films. I was thinking of doing a list for the website, and now I've now got up to nearly 150. I didn't know there were that many Christmas horror movies. No, neither did I. Mind you, there's probably 20 that start with Krampus. I think last year I compiled like a list of my favourite, like I think it was like favourite 10 Christmas movies. 
I had to hurt my brain trying to think of 10. Oh, really? Oh, okay. And, you know, to tell me there's 150 is kind of fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's ones that have come out this year that, or that are about to come out that I haven't got on the list, so... There is a lot more than I'd realised. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping for something special with that Black Christmas, that new Bruce Campbell film. You know, I thought, oh, yes. Oh, Black Friday. Black, yeah. What did I say? Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. That's a completely Didn't they do film. a new version of that as well? They've done two yeah, remakes? Yeah, Netflix now, apparently. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it, no. I like the original. Uh, the, the last remake <clears> I saw, I thought it was shit. No, I understand getting... a bit. It's like a PG-13 fucking horror It's film, Black Christmas it? where they're getting the phone calls in the, yeah. in the dorm. That's right, yeah. I was getting mixed up with the minor. And I was getting mixed up with Bloody That's Valentine. My bloody Valentine. Yeah. That's right. Because the original one was yeah, um, bloody uh, the Lewis Lane, Lois Lane was in it, weren't she? I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we've we've digressed there to Christmas movies. Maybe so. they should do like a, a Christmas time malignant film. <laughs> I don't know how you work that into the. Does, does he get into Santa? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't work, would it? I don't know. I've got it, nothing to offer on this. It'll subject. be a mixture of malignant and Santa's sleigh. Yeah. That would work, wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe bust not. out the back of her head singing some fucking dodgy Christmas carol. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the end of the movie, I really like that fight sequence. It was unexpected and it was well choreographed and it was just like, holy shit, we're getting a proper sense of exactly what an unstoppable force almost Gabriel is. Although it does kind of mess up, like you mentioned, where um, Detective Kakoa just managed to hold his own. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, that is an entire police precinct full of Fucking yeah. heavily armed policeman. He's dodging. He she whatever. He's dodging bullets and yeah, and just wipes them out so yeah. easily. Just takes the fucking lot of them yeah, out. We're and talking this, a matter of minutes. It's, yeah, and this yeah. copper twice comes face to face with Gabriel and survives both you know, relatively unscathed. I think yeah. the last one, don't he get his arm broken or something? Other than that, given that everyone else has had their like face torn off and fucking yeah, God knows what slashed and they're, they're stabbed with that stupid fucking trophy thing. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as I saw that in the movie, you got the it was back to the um, I can't remember the doctor's name now that we mentioned Weaver. That might, but yeah, she was she she was in um, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, was she? she? Was, yeah, she was. In, I've, I've got the. She was a name. shark. <laughs> shark standing. <laughs> shark standing. <laughs> shark stunt double for the backward swimming scenes. I look at I've got an old oh, uh, Jacqueline McKenzie. That was the actress's name. Yeah, I think she was in she was in Deep Blue Sea. She's one of the. See, this is the thing. I really, really rate James Wan as a filmmaker. I mean, Saw. I know the films got really fucking stale the, for, the more they yeah. went on, but the first Saw film is a great film. It's fucking really clever, mm. low budget. Yeah. Oh, well, the first movie. one is fantastic. It, it, you know, we've got two guys in a room for the majority of the movie. No one even suspected the corpse. No, it's a good movie. Um, you and know, it hits you with kind of three stingers all in one go, and it didn't feel because it was like, oh, hang on, uh, Zip is actually in the same situation they are. He's not instigating it. And yeah. Like, oh, hang on, this guy's dead on the floor, and it was, oh, and he's the guy out of the hospital. And it's like, holy shit, it was such a good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good film. You know, the, 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 like I say, the sequel sort of like went down with each one in terms yeah, of quality. It got to the point where like you had no vested interest in anybody in those films ever. They were just there to be horribly yeah. fucking killed. And then while, while that's like very entertaining, uh, some people like myself demand a little bit more from a fucking film than just like a, a plethora of fucking cannon fodder. Yeah, it would have been nice if they kept that element that they had in the first one instead of just going, right, let's just throw in a load more brutal kills. However, I did... It was a Halloween tradition for us. Me and the wife went and watched every single one at the cinema. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, Halloween, new Saw film. We'll go and watch it. And oh, yeah, I think I got past three. I went to see four. It might have been the last one I saw at the cinema. Oh, and okay. I was fucking bored. Oh, right, okay. Saw four is easily the most fucking boring of a lot of them. I was just so... It was just... 
let's kill these people really inventively, but you're not going to give a fuck about any of them. It's for the one where the guy gets crushed at the end. Yeah, I think that so. That was quite good. The crush, the, the, it was just for the gore moments in the end. Yeah, I mean, the kills in the gore scenes are yeah. really fucking well done, mm. but although in that doth not make a movie. No. And then, although in the, the last one, not Spiral or the other, didn't they try and... Jigsaw. Yeah, the one, the one just the, the last one of the actual yearly franchise. The blood was sort of weird, pink-looking color. It didn't. Well, they did. I think the last actual film with the didn't sword. it start with a scene outside? It was in a street somewhere, and it, they were people were trapped in a box. Oh, I don't. And remember. they brought Jigsaw's wife back into it. Yeah, she um, got killed by the. Oh, I can't remember. I think the last one that was actually titled Saw was the 3D one, and the minute you start oh, throwing 3D one, yeah. into a horror film, the special <clears> effects. In 2D, I don't know about 3D so much, but in 2D, they just look fucking awful. I can't remember CGI anything. blood and... I can't remember anything about it that was the 3D that made it worthwhile. There was a good... There was one scene, I think, it, don't they kill Jigsaw's wife eventually with like this weird thing on a track? Like a train with a snowplow on the front or something? Yeah, and yeah. it cuts the fucking head off or something. Just explodes her in half. And that's the only scene I really remember that I, it looked like they'd done it specifically for the 3D, but I just I was so fucking bored with those movies by then. I think that one, Couldn't that last one was my least... Favorite. Apart from the, I did like the fact that they revealed the whole Carriolus thing. That uh, oh, it made sense. He's had a doctor helping him all the way through. Yeah, I can kind of see. Which that, was the one with the shotgun carousel trap in it? Because I, I quite like that film. It kind of picked up a little bit in quality again. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't get with that film. Some of that though. God, we're really digressing. But I suppose we're still on the James one. Yeah, kind of train. It's all relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but there were bits with that. I don't get how that. The person who was controlling who was going to die. Well, the people on that carousel, they've got no way of justifying themselves to be. Everyone was put in a trap for a specific reason. It was kind of originally, anyway. Yeah, they're all scumbags. And it was tailored to what they do. But this one was like, they've got no way to try and redeem themselves. No. So, you, in a way, the fairness was gone. I know it's not uh, you got to try John and, Kramer doing it anymore. He had to try but, and sort of like figure out which scumbag was slightly less scumbaggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was which still. Which scumbag shall I save now? But the, the original idea was for people to find their own sort of redemption in a way, they get to get a new lease on life. Yeah. Whereas this was, it lo- it lost that. I know it kind of, it wasn't, you know, John Kramer jigsaw anymore. Yeah, once I think um, Amanda, that Amanda took over and she started rigging the traps so that they were unwinnable uh, in yeah. one of them. And then it was Costas Man- Man- Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah Costas Cost- the Mandalorian. That was it. <laughs> Costas Mandalore, wasn't it? He was then. Put him in these traps and go, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw him at a, a horror convention a couple of years ago. And he was a really nice guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. I'm nothing to do with fucking anything, but no. yeah. they had like uh, they had like a saw reunion thing. They had um, Tobin Bell there. I can't remember what the actress's name who plays Amanda. Shawnee, Shawnee Smith, Smith, because she was in yeah. the Blob remake, and she was in the Grudge Three. Oh, was she? The American Blob remake, one of those remakes that people forget about. And I really liked it. That's a class it was, film. It was really visceral, and wow, we're really going off. In we the should probably do like a top ten thing of their favorite. Remakes. remakes? Oh, but yeah, I think we shouldn't be allowed to use The Thing and The Fly because they're too fucking everyone obvious. everyone uses... Because yeah, The Thing yeah, and The Fly well, are the it, best fucking remakes. That would remakes. make it tricky. Yeah, we should not be allowed to add them to The Thing and therefore make it a bit I more of a challenge. I don't find ten. I mean, if we're doing the top ten, there's going to be a lot that are like, eh, it was crap, but it was better than the other things on this list. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been on it, rather. Yeah, but that would make it the challenge. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah that could be a good I mean, we're both going to have The Thing and The Fly in our top two. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be allowed. to. I can think of others that I know we're both going to have, but yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's so. That's the thing I don't get with remakes. Where a lot of them, you're like they're doing like the Train to Busan. They run about doing an Americanized it? version. Oh, I can't. Remember. It was like shuttle bus to New York or whatever they're going to call it. I'm yeah. sure it was like terror to New. It's got it's something in New York or whatever. That train to Georgia. Yeah, but the film's not that old. 
This should be like, if you're going to do a remake, the film's got to be at least 40 years old. It's fucking lazy. Yeah. It's simply because people, they know there's a, a, an audience out there be tapped that can't oh, yeah, be yeah, bothered to sit and read a subtitled film. Yeah. It's a quick moneymaker. And what they seem to forget is, yeah, these films may be sort of like in a different language and subtitled, but they're made by filmmakers who are far better suited to make that film than the fucking whoever they hire to make this remake. I think the only thing that I was slightly intrigued with with Train to Busan, I think, was it being directed by Timo Chihanto? I don't know. The guy who did, he done the L, it's for libido thing on um, ABCs of Death. Oh, yeah. And he done the one on VHS with the cult. I mean, slightly intriguing. Sometimes it goes the other way. I mean, sometimes there are certain films where they hire the original director. Did they do that with The Ring? They did with The Ring and with The Grudge. Oh, okay. The, 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 but the, good, I think sometimes filmmakers are forced to be more inventive with less money. Mm. Oh, definitely. And when they suddenly throw a lot of money at them and say, remake this with a bigger budget, mm. it gets lazy. It's that weird thing that studios have where they go, I want this director because I like what he does. And then they go, but you're going to do it how we tell you. Yeah. Just let that person make the movie they yeah. want to make. You, you hired this person. You obviously believe in them as an artist. Yeah, exactly. Why you, you, you're a suit whose job it is to fucking raise money for a film. Yeah. What do you know about producing a film? Uh, making a film? Yeah. Your you whole know. purpose is to make money from the movie. Let the, the, the successful director make the movie he wants to make. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like, it's like uh, me sort of like hiring an artist to paint a fucking picture, going out and buying the paints that he needs yeah. and the fucking I've got this the canvas B&Q paint and then deciding seven coats of yeah then deciding that I am entitled enough to fucking and, and know enough to say no you're not doing like that you're doing it like so this this is the way you're painting me Bloody so blah. every time he goes home and you even you come out and make some adjustments to his painting yeah, draw a little moustache on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Mr Da Vinci but that ceiling's just no, hang on I need like you know larger balls on God I think you'll find Michelangelo painted that oh Right, yes. <laughs> you um, don't know. You're, uh, <laughs> you're going to mock me for my lack of knowledge of Italian artists. You are a cultured swine. <laughs> hey, I picked a name. <laughs> you're swinging a miss. Yeah. I think they are both Italian, so nice job. Yeah, yeah, I was almost there. Yeah. Where the fuck were we? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I rate James Wan as a filmmaker. I mean, I don't know if you've watched The Conjuring films yet since we last spoke. Um, I started to. I think they're very well made good old fashioned scare movies I was I was watching I started to watch the first one and then I called my daughter over to because there's that jump scare at the beginning which is just a sound where the girls are looking in the corridor and it's just like that sudden bang 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 out of nowhere so I said to my daughter oh come here look there's a little jump scare see what you think and I put the headphones on her knew she was waiting for something to jump out and then me me and my wife were laughing her asses off as she nearly fell off the sofa as she kind of flinched from that sudden crashing sound I may have turned the volume up on the headphones a little bit as well (laughs) but there we are that's but child I, abuse. Yeah. <laughs> but I do need to watch that again. Um, Although there are some really well orchestrated scares in that. I mean, the, the, the hide and go clap scene is really quite cleverly done. Mm-hmm. There's also there's a scene where the girls are in the in the um, in the bedroom and they see something, and it they, what they've what he's cleverly done is he's hidden the thing that's scary in plain sight, and you don't kind of notice at first. And they got right, like Bathsheba okay. laying on top of a wardrobe, and all of a sudden you're like, oh fucking hell, how long has that kind of been there? Oh okay, it's it's, it's quite cleverly done. I think. He's very, very talented at like building tension and scares in 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 the the good old fashioned way that died out mm. a long time ago. I mean, he arguably made one of the better DC movies with Aquaman. Ah, uh, see, I'm not sure. I've I've got there's a couple of things with that. Obviously, <laughs> it wasn't that good. It was okay. It was a better yeah. DC movie. It is the better but, one of the better DC. It's not. I mean, Wonder Woman's still the best one they ever made. Yeah, the the first one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But there was like three times in Aquaman where. They've put in a, a dialogue scene as interrupted by an explosion, 
And it happens three times in that fucking movie where characters are talking and saying, like, oh, there's an explosion and shit's happening. And like, yeah, okay, that was fine. You've done it the first time. It was unexpected. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're doing it again. Oh, we got a third one. Yeah, I'm just kind of tired. I don't right really now. remember that. But um... And I have one of Rishi with Aquaman. He's always with his shirt off. The women, underwater women, do not. Why are they wearing tops then? We want equality in our movies. <laughs> no, you just want underwater porn. That's <laughs> what you're like, if, if Aquaman doesn't need to wear a shirt, why do any of them need to wear... No, I mean, I, I would be all for the shirtless thing, but they, they obviously have their reasons. Like, <laughs> keeping it family friendly and all that. But yeah, I mean... Well, this is Malignant I'm not, I'm not, Return to Horror, isn't it? After Aquaman and Fast, Fast and, and, and Furious, the Furious. Which I haven't seen. No, I've, I've, I, I gave up on And he's doing shows. Aquaman 2 next year. Yeah. Which I'll go, I'll go and watch, but I'm kind of mixed about Aquaman, really. Yeah. It's, no, I'm not. Saying, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that it's a brilliant film, but I am saying it's one of the better of the DC films. I mean, those DC. Mind you, that's a bit. Yeah, like saying it was the. That's like saying testicle cancer turd. is better than fucking prostate cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, losing an arm is better than losing your cock. Yeah, it was uh, just... you know, I, I'm not alone in thinking that the DC cinematic universe is mostly shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the the first Wonder Woman film. Yeah, that was the best one, and then after that, they've all been. I mean, yeah, we won't talk about the Snyder stuff because that was. They got to start giving that bloke money. Stop giving him money to make films. He is fucking. Or to remake a film that it's, it wasn't any better, maybe a tiny bit, like two percent improved. I have liked exactly one Zack Snyder film, like really liked exactly mm. one, and that is Dawn of the Dead. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything else he's made has just been. Eye candy, Tosh. Did, did yeah. you see Army of the Dead? The I still they... haven't watched it. It's or fucking the, um, horrible. There's the prequel thing, isn't it? Not the, but they're doing the robbery. It's about the thieves. No. Thieves yeah, I think... Army of Thieves or something? Similar to like that. Yeah. I haven't watched either. Utter shit. Oh, okay. It's just Zack Snyder <clears throat> shit. Stop giving him money. I mean... Is there about 50% of the movie slow motion? Yeah, I think so. Oh, pretty Christ. much. You know, it's <laughs> fucking... I mean, there were some parts of Man of Steel that I quite liked. Yeah. But overall, it wasn't a very satisfying no. film. Where, uh, I went to see Batman versus Superman, and there were parts of that that worked for me. I quite like the idea of like Superman having to be held accountable for his actions. Yeah. You know, yeah. the bit where he's sort of like taken to court because he caused so much devastation and that kind of thing. That was clever, mm. but the rest of the film was fucking bad. Yeah, we went, yeah. <laughs> Why, Sean? Why'd you say that name, Martha? <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was fucking it was awful. Bad, bad writing. I actually walk, it's the first time in ages I've walked out of a cinema shaking my head as if to say what the fuck <laughs> is that the first time since episode one yeah which we discussed last last podcast yeah almost 20 same. years previous <laughs> fucking terrible movie so they need to stop hiring Zack Snyder I'm sure he's a lovely bloke but he needs to stop making films yeah what I was, I was thinking this when we were uh, going back to you know James Wan films and things like that do they need to stop Lee Wano from acting He's okay. He's a but he's fucking not. good filmmaker. But I was going to say that because I was thinking of like the James Wan films that I really liked, and then I looked and went, "Hang on, these are Lee Wannells, like um, Invisible Man and Upgrade." And Upgrade was fantastic. Yeah, both yeah. of those films were brilliant. There he's were bits very... of Upgrade that he used the, the, the filmmaking techniques that he then used in Invisible Man. I think yeah. where they had was it Upgrade. The guy had an iPhone taped to his chest, and the camera was linked to the movement of that, and it was oh shit, I'm hitting the microphone again. Sorry, <laughs> it's me gesticulating for no reason because no one can see me apart from Lee. What you do in your own time? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the, and the camera was on like a gyroscope. So when the guy fell backwards, the camera would track yeah. the phone. That was yeah, it was, a, it was a really good film. He's a very very good mm. writer and director, and he should stick to that because I know what you're saying. And he, I think he plays one of the uh, one of Lynn Shay's fucking yeah. investigative cameramen in That's fucking right. Insidious, and his acting is. Not great. It wasn't too bad in Saw. 
I mean, there's that bit where he's supposed to be bad acting, where he's, like, being poisoned. Mm. And it was fucking terrible. And it was meant to be, that made sense. Yeah. But he's, and he, he was all right in that, I think. Because yeah. he was just, he was playing like a regular guy. And Yeah, but, but he's, he, he's not, he's never going to win a fucking Oscar. No, he, he, he hasn't got the, 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 the chops, if you like, to do a really no. powerful role. But he, what he does is but okay. But as I a like writer-director, oh, yeah. I think he's yeah. really, I mean, if, 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 he, if everything he makes from here on in is of the quality of Invisible Man or Upgrade, He's going to make some really oh, fucking yeah. exciting films. Yeah. See, I'd be—I wouldn't know who I'd prefer as the, the filmmaker out of the two. I think they're very different. Yeah, I think they oh, work yeah. well together, but they're very Definitely. different filmmakers. Mm. Um, I mean, I quite like the first Insidious film. Everything after that wasn't very good, but okay. um, the first one—it's got some really good scares in it. And I also really, again, mentioning sort of Joseph Bashara, his score for Insidious is one of the most unsettling fucking scores ever. Penned I need to have weird another. strings and okay. I need to have another listen to that one. Then I can't. And there are some really well orchestrated scares in that movie. You know, I mean, obviously the, the obvious one is when um, Patrick Wilson's sitting at the table and she looks up and that fucking demon's suddenly behind. Oh, her. is that the Darth Maul looking? Yeah, guy. I mean that's well done. And there's also another one where they hear like uh, the baby crying. They run up to the she runs up to the bedroom and as she goes in, there's like a net on the cot and there's like clearly something fucking standing behind the net and it's really well orchestrated scare. I think he does that very well. He makes interesting films. Mm. He is a, I, I rate James Wan as a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. My issue, like I mentioned on the previous episode, although in episode one was the, for me, Insidious and Conjuring and all those, and all the, the other things from the Conjuring universe and then uh, Paranormal Activity, they were so similar and they were so many of them all around the same time, I kind of got, it killed my interest in them. Yeah, no. So like, I mean, here's, I... here's 10 similar films over the spate of a couple of years and I'm like, do you know what, I'm... I'm yeah, I'm not interested at the moment. I don't know that I think The Conjuring and Paranormal Activity are comparable. Very no, but they had films. a... It was a similar thing of like, here's a demon. ghosty, demon-related thing. There's going to be some jump scares. And I was... I kind of lost interest in it all. Although, I, actually, I could watch... I may re-watch The Conjuring tonight because it's a Friday night. I always let my daughter stay up and watch a horror film. So I mm. could redo The Conjuring tonight. Because other than the first... 10 minutes that I saw the other day I haven't yeah. actually sat and watched it again so maybe I should do that the second one is my favourite okay I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I know we mentioned this on the last thing but I will have to go through and yeah. and watch them the third one's a bizarre film I mean James Wan didn't didn't direct The Conjuring 3 it was it was given I think his name's Michael Chavs or Chaves or something like that Chavez or yeah but yeah I'm probably murdering his <laughs> we're not name. very good with people's names uh, he directed that the, the Curse of La Llorona Oh, which okay. isn't yeah. a very good film. I didn't, and watch I think it. it was a film that they sort of crowbarred into the Conjuring universe. And when people reacted to it so negatively, have kind of like tried to secretly retract it from, oh, the, okay. but still hand over the reins of the Conjuring three to to him. And uh. the film suffers by not having James one. It's not a bad film, and mm. there's stuff about it I really like. And again, it's like you know, the, the main draw for me is like Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, who were fucking great in those movies, and have a real like believable chemistry and right, stuff. Right. Yeah, the film suffers from James Wan not being in in, in, in like directing the film, if yeah. you like. Yeah, he's got he's, he's got a style that I think is because it's quite just and... not very scary. Oh, okay. You know, the the point of the two first two the, the the main draw of the first two Conjuring films is the fact that they are genuinely scary movies. They sort of rely on old school scare tactics rather than gore and and yeah, um, yeah. that kind of thing. And but he's he, he's got an eye for things as well with his camera placement and. The, Track and move and things. He likes exactly, track yeah. and shots and yeah. things. And, and the, the, the absence is really noticeable okay. on the third Conjuring film, sadly. I mean, I didn't hate it. It had some really good things going for it, but 
at some point it I, suffers. I will go through them and I will watch the series, but yeah. I'm, it's not something I'm enthusiastic about. No, but, I know. But I will do it. I will do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I, I, like I say, I rate James Wan as a filmmaker, and I, you know, although I didn't like Dead Silence. Oh, the puppet one. Yeah. No, only because it was a story. Because you got this. Uh, who was it? Um, Trying to think who the character was. He was in sort of one of the Saw films, wasn't he? I forgot who the actor was. Now was it a Wahlberg? Donnie Wahlberg. It might be. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, From I think could be. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> <laughs> not doing. Not singing anything. Marky Mark's brother. Yeah. <laughs> but there was the whole thing he's come from a Wolbo's character's come from a town but they've got this legend about uh, ventriloquist dolls and this woman that there and cursed people and so on and then he finds he's, he's come from his town he's been raised on this spooky story and then he finds a ventriloquist doll keeps it his wife mysteriously dies he blame, he's blaming the doll for it but he's still driving around with the fucking thing in his car like I'll oh, put it in the seat next to me and take it out on a road trip and at no point was he seemed bothered by it being with him, even though he's also blaming it for killing his wife. It was a bit of a mishmash. I saw it when it first came out, and then I kind of forgot about it. Mm. And then I think I watched it semi-recently. Like, well, I say that probably over the last sort of two, three years, I watched it and have forgotten about it again. Yeah, it, just, it wasn't a memorable... It's, some, it's a very forgettable film. I mean, if I remember rightly, isn't it like some ghost of some woman who's controlling the fucking puppet or something? I don't yeah, know. she was a... Was she a puppeteer? Or she was a ventriloquist, and some, was there something a like that. Fire had happened at a show. She was. Oh, I can't really remember, but it did. I don't know. Although, then again, another one of his that I'd forgotten that I really enjoyed was Death Sentence with um, Kevin Bacon. You seen that one? I don't think I've seen that. Him and his son, I think they're going out, and there's uh, uh, some gang violence, and his son gets killed. So Kevin Bacon goes all um, Charles Bronson hmm. death wish and goes after this gang. But it's, it was a really good film, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching it. And enjoy- I've got it somewhere on DVD. I'll have to dig it out and give think- it a rewatch. But I did like that film, and it was something different as well. That again, that he's gone from sort of horror stuff to doing like a this sort of action revenge movie. I mean, I think I remember reading sort of after the release of Saw, he got labelled as part of the uh, Splat Pack. Oh, okay. remember that? Uh, it was him and Rob Zombie. With Eli Roth was Eli Roth. That was around the and what's the, the name time, of the dude who, who did Switchblade Romance? And oh, uh, was, was uh, Alexandra Alexander Ajar. Ajar. Yeah, because yeah, he did probably something that we'll mention in the, on our remakes thing will probably come up. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that's a very fair title because his films aren't really splatter movies. I mean, not like in the way that Rob Zombie or Eli Roth's films no. are, are, are overly gory, sort of like splatter movies. I mean, other than Saw, and there is quite a bit of violence in Malignant, but not really sort of like overly in your face. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I mean the country films have no violence. But I in think them whatsoever. even the original Saw, how much of that is actually shown in, in your face kind of thing? Because yeah, that really only came later, that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, by I think like two, three onwards, got don't get me wrong, there's blood flying around, but yeah, it's I mean, very some dude cuts his foot off. It's yeah, but be a bit they don't show that in a wrist. There's, there's a little, there's probably like a little couple of second shot of like the, the the saw blade on the foot and blood, but you don't watch the whole thing in gruesome detail. No, they've kind of toned that down quite a bit. Yeah, and went I mean, for more that atmospheric scene yeah. setting, and yeah, it's actually quite bloodless compared to the sequels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which just, like I say, became more of a showcase for gore effects. I think the goriest bit in the original saw was probably that detective who sets off the tripwire and the shotguns above him. Yeah, blow his head off because you see like the the whole there's a really thick kind of blood splatter. Yeah. that comes down on there, but you don't see the head explosion. It's not like scanners or anything. Or... No, no. So yeah, I mean, it was you know the, the, that sort of came later. The the real overly gory fucking yeah graphic detail. It was that case if we need to up what the last one did. So yeah, I don't think that's a fair no like fair 
description of like James Wan and his work. He's not really sort of like he doesn't do that kind of movie. No, well, yeah, I'll agree with that. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can accept that of like Eli Roth and Rob Zombie, and um, I mean, if you look at the uh, remake of The Hills of Eyes and that, I mean, uh, yeah, that was all very graphic. Yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. That was very yeah. There was one scene in that cinema I remember really laughing at, and I shouldn't have done. What's this for the Hills of Eyes? The Hills of Eyes, yeah. I, I, I sat there watching the film. The bit where one of the uh, the cannibal inbred things is suddenly breastfeeding off of uh, <laughs> off the, 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 new, the character that's the new mother, and he looked up, and something in my head just said, I really hope he's got a milk moustache. <laughs> and I got giggling, and I think everyone thought I was giggling at this, like, horrific yeah, act like, he's laughing at this fucking rape scene yeah this is almost like a yeah. rapey scene and you know yeah. this is a horrific thing to do to somebody and he's sitting there giggling and the only reason I was giggling <laughs> is I had this vision of him looking up with a milk moustache <laughs> she has to like wind him yeah and then burp him yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean obviously spoiler alert we're probably going to mention the Hills of Eyes remake on the what you suggested doing our top 10 list of remakes that exclude the fly and the thing I don't know about that mine's awesome Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> It's fucking uh, amazing. <coughs> You've killed me, you bastard. Yeah. House of Wax. <laughs> oh fuck's sake! No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I think the um, I think that will be. A, I think that will be a <laughs> joint nightmare on Elm Street. That's fucking horrible. Jesus. That film. Yeah. I think uh, on the website I reviewed like the Nightmare on Elm Street films in some sort of order, didn't I? Oh yes, you did. You did. And yeah. I, I couldn't even be bothered to write anything about that. I think I think I actually wrote under the new Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Fuck this fucking movie, and that was my. Um, <laughs> That was the just what I wrote. It was. I mean, they couldn't even do that simple effect of Freddie leaning out of the wall. The original one, it was just was it a sheet of spandex? Something like and that. A stuntman just leaned into it. Yeah, they used CGI in this when it looked. And they used CGI, shit. and it looked probably worse than the the CGI used for the in the Frighteners, where the guy hiding in the wall. Yeah, and that was like ten years prior to this movie. And this relatively movie. low budget. Yeah, it was just. It was. Oh, I hated it. So much about that film, I fucking hated. Yeah. I mean, the whole look of Freddie was. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I, I get like a, they were trying to make him look burned rather than... He looked like a potato that had been kicked around a bit. <laughs> hey guys, look. It's a Mr. Potato Head. He reminded me a bit of... Um, what was the Beauty and the Beast thing? Was it with Ron Perlman, where he lived in the sewers? Oh, and Linda Hamilton. kind of look to him a little bit as well. Linda Hamilton. Was it Linda Hamilton? Yeah, oh, every okay. time she got in trouble in an episode, he would ride on top of a tube train. <laughs> Can't remember it. Subway now. train, if you're yeah. American. And um, yeah, and it was a New York subway. He yeah, always yeah. got to her by holding on to the top of a subway train. <laughs> it just happened to be a train station near wherever she was, was it? My mum used to watch it. I think, yeah, I remember, yeah, I minded. I remember seeing bits of it. It was one of those weird things that you'd watch with Manimal. Manimal was fucking awesome. I loved that show. You could only turn it to three animals. Was yeah. it like a panther and eagle and I actually went on YouTube else? and like had a look for that recently to okay. see because um, it kind of came to me and I thought oh I forgot that existed and I had a bit of a look and the special effects when he turns into an animal was fucking hilarious I bet they are. it goes oh, all okay. bumpy and lumpy and weird but it's the most plasticky fucking head in the Is world that thing where they got the bladders just to kind of inflate it and make yeah. it all bubbly yeah. it looked really shit but I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, this is fucking awesome. Because then his arms bubble and that as well. Yeah. But it was like... He's he turned a, into an eagle. Yeah, he's turned into an eagle, a panther and... What a snake was it? Oh, I can't remember. Can't have been a snake. No, that's I stupid. Thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's all stupid. He turns into an eagle. I mean, the whole weight ratio of like... Yes, where I mean, the spare bits of him go. Yeah, it changes mass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can understand if he was like a, a hawk a man. giant fucking yeah. eagle. Yeah, like one of those ones in Lord of the Rings. You can sort of... <laughs> Cue the winged serpent. <laughs> Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, and he, didn't, he should have turned into one of animals. Like, ah, oh, I need to be an elephant today. What was the other show around that time? And it was basically a copper and an uh, an electric man. 
Oh, I thought he was going to say sledgehammer when you said copper. No. You remember um, that one? No, he used to drive around in like a, a, a car that was all lit up and he was like an, almost an electric fucking partner. <laughs> all I'm thinking of now is the dude out of The Running Man, the, the opera singing. The other one I, I sort of like came back to me was, uh, it was an old show, it was very Indiana Jonesy called Tales of the Golden Monkey. Do you oh, I remember, remember that? that. They had like a little seaplane. Yeah, yeah. He had a dog. I don't remember. wore an eye patch. I know he used to watch it all the time. That was, I remember really enjoying that. Mm. It was very Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. It's probably something you'd watch now and go, oh, oh yeah. this, is, this is shit. I had, a, I had a day where I was sort of like drinking. And when I drink, I, I do bizarre things. <laughs> and nostalgic. No, I um, I was I'm basically on YouTube, sort of going through really old TV themes. Oh, okay. And that sort of came up. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, loads of it. The best one being The Equalizer had the best oh, yeah. fucking theme tune of yeah. any TV. My wife show didn't like that. She thought the she found the theme tune to be creepy. Really? Yeah. I like it. It was um, what's his name? Copeland, Stuart Copeland. Is that right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's I'd a really it fucking good theme tune. Yeah. I thought it was really distinctive. As soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, equaliser. Just some first couple of notes. Yeah. And Edward Woodward had gone, Edward, young man. Woodward, Woodward, Woodward. Get back in your car and fuck <laughs> off, young man. Yeah. But um, that was a great Oh, yeah. Movie. So you got that as a. Does that count as a remake, the fucking movie of The Equaliser? Yeah. Quite like that. It was all right. It's not. Yeah, but we're doing a horror thing. I mean, yeah, The Equaliser wasn't a horror I, I think it was a horrible film, though. I like the first one. He was weirdly cognizant of everything that's going on around him. Like, yeah. He's hiding in a cupboard at the end and he seems to know, I'll step out to the left and there's a bad guy there or whatever. He could just shoot him almost without looking. There was that scene where he goes in the mobster's like office, the big office thing, and um, they're all sort of standing there and you can see him sort of working out how they're going to move when he yeah, starts attacking yeah. them. It is a bit silly, but I liked it. It weren't too bad. I, don't know. I, did, I didn't get into it. I watched it once and I was just like, this is too... Yeah, it just it didn't gel with me. Yeah. I'm not a massive Denzel fan, so... He's like, wouldn't he work in a hardware store? And was, no, was it? Really no, he takes proficient. the hammer, doesn't he, and then returns it the next day. And like, you yeah. just left a fucking a, well, a weapon from a crime scene. Some poor old bloke's gonna have that and then be arrested for. But yeah, I've worked a lot of shitty jobs. I don't think I've ever worked with anybody who was like really proficient at killing people. I might that, we, that we know of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. We can't include that. That's not a horror film. <laughs> no. No, you can say it's a horrible film. Yeah, that yeah, I would struggle to find ten, I think. So it's going to be an interesting find. I don't think you will. I think once you sit down and start thinking about it, you'll do all right. You're forgetting this is me. I'm pedantic and angry. Maybe as well, as it's the end of the year, we should tack on at the end our ten favourite films of 2021. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did I watch ten films from this year? You must have watched ten films. I must have done, but I don't know if I liked (laughs) ten of them. I've done mine. I did it this morning. I was bored, so I did my 10 favourite yeah. and the least favourite, the worst films. I'll have a look. I don't know how many films I've actually watched from 2021. It's been, it's been a weird year for me this year. But, uh, You've watched a few, because I remember speaking to you and you said, oh, I'll watch that eventually. I'll watch this eventually. Yeah. I have eventually got ranted, but, I, but at the moment I can't think of them. My brain's not functioning very well. So. It'd probably be a case I'm of, old. like, they're not technically my 10 favourite films of the year. They're just the 10 films I watched. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking out for books, and because I don't know how many books from 2021 I've actually read. So I would be doing the top 10 books that I've read this year that aren't necessarily from this year well, you're way ahead of me on that I looked at my reading challenge on uh, uh, Goodreads the other okay. day and I'm nowhere near completing it I think I'm on a, I think I set mine as 40 and I'm on 108 yeah I think yeah. I'm on like 16 oh okay <laughs> mind you I had uh, I think it was September I read like 25 26 books that month because I just read all the time so yeah but, uh, anyway going back to the film yes <laughs> oh yeah we were talking about a film <laughs> I think the general consensus is we both really like this film yeah I did like Malignant I, I don't think I rated it as highly as you did but I still enjoyed it and I would watch it again yeah yeah. 
it, I think it, it comes in at number one on my favourite horror films of the year, I think. Um, Have you just spoiled your list of 2021 movies? <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah it, it, it rates that high. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, me and my wife sat there watching it and we both came away and that was a really fucking good, enjoyable film. I think for me, it was just... it was more because at the start it was, it was almost those two films like you said like the Dust Till Dawn thing but it yeah. didn't quite fit in a way you had that serious you bit with the detective gelled. and things and suddenly it was like oh it's an 80s horror thing with like it had that 80s throwback feel but I think it, if it just stuck with one thing it might have worked a bit better although I, I mean I did like that ending and I did like that they only drip fed you yeah, I, bits I, throughout but I think the fact that the first half is quite a lot slower really adds to the second half being oh, yeah. manic i think that the film would either be too slow if it was all like the first part mm. or just too much to fucking take in if it was all the same as the yeah. last part i think it was because that bit in the uh, in the jail cell that we mentioned where the, the her skin splits apart and you can see the face and i've gone i was like the fuck is this this is like <laughs> this is a bit ridiculous to what was going on and then i've gone hang on this is a 80s film but mm. just done in 2020 but it's like Okay, now I get it. Yeah, I kind of, like I say, when I spoke to you about it, sort of compared it as a mix between almost Argento and then oh, Basket Case, I... and I kind of stick by that description. Okay, I don't know if I'd go Argento. I don't know, is it because of the black outfit that gives it that, you know, the black gloves? And yeah, there is that sort of side of slide, things. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think it bore a lot of similarities to the way hmm. that um, Dario Argento sort of, like, made his films. I, I think the comparison... Okay, yeah. Stands. And yeah, then the second half is like very sort of balls to the wall, yeah. over the top fucking 80s. Yeah, yeah. That's Once I realised, I'm like, hack, actually, I'm actually, actually, I'm watching actually. a. Yeah. Well, actually, Lee, I'm watching. Watching? <laughs> Where have you been watching? <laughs> this is a film from the Headies. But it seems I. Yeah, really, the Headies. Headies. <laughs> seems I've kind of got in my brain. Hang on, this is a an 80s homage. Mm. I was like, got it, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, definitely that. And, there. and that, that, that sort of like, whole fight scene was just like, it was so fun and well done that I didn't give a shit at that point. I was like, oh, this is really good. I mean, yeah. I got into that little moment of it. There's some of the, there were some hokey lines in there and there was a few, some of the delivery wasn't quite there, but ultimately I didn't care. I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Sort of it it was quite top rated, but I had fun. Yeah. And that's kind of all you want from the movie, isn't it? Really, you sit and enjoy yourself for an hour and a half, however long it is. And Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I liked it enough that it's like right at the top of my pile okay. of the year. I don't like it enough that it breaks into my top 30 or 40 films ever made. No, no, no. Um, I think for, if I was going to put it in a list for this year, it'd probably be in the middle somewhere, I think. Which is, that's reasonable, which is, that's respectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I it wouldn't break into my top, like you said, it wouldn't be the top 30, 40 list probably. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, that's respectable though. I think you know, it, it, it did its job. It was entertaining. It was it was different. Yeah. You know, people sort of moan that that um, films have become either all the fucking same or just rehashes of things, remakes of things. There's no original ideas. I don't think you can say that about Malignant. I think it's a very original film. Mm, other than the dark half, but yeah, yeah, because that was that was my first thought. Was like, oh, we're doing a dark half here. Hmm. But then I liked that it was. The, the Gabriel was controlling her and not a separate entity, which is yeah. what I was thinking it was going to be. So again, I think there was obviously hints of Dark Half in there. Yeah. But I liked how this went in its own direction. So yeah, yeah I'd give it. But going back to what you said about the, the, the whole thing of remakes and all that bullshit, it's like, does not a single producer just go like into a bookshop, look at the horror shelves or whatever and go, oh, look how many of these original stories are here. That's it. That's adapted. too much effort. Somebody actually get off, get off their ass and fucking walk to a bookshop. <laughs> 
Why do that when you can just think, oh, let's just... Well, this. I'm going to go on IMDb, what was popular like 20 years ago or yeah. five years ago. Oh, that'll do. Which of these is a masterpiece? Because yeah. we're going to fucking remake it, fuck it up. in a way that is nowhere near <clears throat> as good as the original. Yeah. Therefore, wasting time and money yeah. and effort. What was a popular film from Japan or Korea that came out just last year that yeah. we can use as a money spinner for ourselves? The whole remake culture is just... It just baffles me why more novels aren't turned into films. Because there's so many... The only thing, the thing I did sort of like teach myself, I used to get very fucking um, depressed with the whole idea of they were taking a movie that I fucking love and remaking it. I'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. But then I thought, it doesn't take away from the original movie. No. You know, I mean, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, as we discussed, is, is piss poor. <laughs> but the original still exists. Yeah. And that's the one I watch. You know, yeah, probably way. once a year once every two years we'll think oh let's watch a nightmare on elm street mm. and we'll watch it and we'll love it and it still holds its place as a fucking great horror yeah. movie and the remake as fucking dire as it is doesn't spoil that it doesn't take no. away from i mean the, the remake is something that i will never watch again unless we have to talk we have to, unless we have to go in depth for a podcast or something i'm not going to watch that again no, no neither would i of, but my thing with that is would so is the possibility that someone newer to the franchise might see that and go Oh, that's a bit crap. I won't bother. Or they'll because it's you generally love. I think the first one you watch is someone actually going to watch that and prefer it. So what you're saying is these remakes could have a detrimental effect because they could put people off watching the rest of the series, yeah. like the better. Yeah, because some of the ones that are so bad, like I mean, there probably are people that like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, there were some that yeah. I some remakes that I sort of like when when they were announced. I was like, oh fuck me, why? Yeah, I did, I get that. You just hearing the announcement. Just, I die a little bit inside. And then I watched the remakes, and some of them I was like, all right, well, that was all right. I mean, it's not a patch. For example, kind of enjoyed Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. I liked bits of it. Yeah, it was it was all right. It wasn't it wasn't an awful movie. It's all right. I didn't walk yeah, out of it. it when was, they when it they announced okay. that Halloween was being remade, I was like, you can't fucking do that. No. Halloween is what it is. It's the fucking granddaddy of yeah, slasher yeah, movies. Yeah. You can't piss around with that. And when I watched the film, I was like, I didn't hate it. That no. was actually all right. I mean, some I walk out and I'm thinking, what the fuck were they thinking? But yeah. that, I mean, Halloween 2 was awful. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. by a long shot. I mean, yeah. half the film was a fucking dream. It was weird. It was just, yeah. I mean, Michael Myers wandering around with a big scruffy beard and no fucking mask on actually speaks <laughs> at the end of it. But yeah, I don't remember that at all. I, the... I think he says die as he's like attacking Loomis. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that, parts of that film I thought were good. Like the whole aftermath at the start of the film where they take Lori to hospital and they're sort of patching her up. I thought that was really good. And then it I've went forgotten a lot of the downhill from the there. Remakes. But then again, you see, that's the other. The, we should probably be saving this for the remake chat. But probably the, the flip side of that is how many of those films have had really bad sequels as well that we would have watched the whole thing and loved them. Probably still do it to a certain extent. But you know, for what like I think when I was younger and they were pumping out Nightmare, as it was, Freddy's Dead was fucking terrible. Yeah, Freddy's Dead. Sorry, not fine. Yeah, that was awful. Wasn't it called The Final Nightmare? Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Oh, that was the was it, oh, yeah. okay. With fucking Roseanne Barr in it or whatever. It was just... And Tom Arnold. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a shit film. They do that. They crowbar some weird shit in the, in the sequels. Yeah. They get It's like Scream 3. There's a scene in that where Jane, Silent Bob are in it. Oh, And you just think, right, well, this has yeah, yeah. really jumped the fucking shark now. Why, why, why do they include... Didn't they have Wes Craven in, um, in the Jane Bob... Movie was it? Straight Silent Bob, yeah, yeah. When they, the they go to Hollywood, yeah, yeah. And, and he's, he's filming, he's filming too, isn't he, or something? Is that no, what? he, yeah, no, he's he's filming a screen film. Oh, is that what? It, oh, okay. That's that's obviously yeah. That's what yeah. that sort of stemmed from. I forgot what I was talking about. Now we were originally <laughs> talking about *Malignant*. 
What's malignant <clears> again? <throat> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about remakes, and yeah, the, the the point is, you do get the odd good one. You do get the odd one where you think, well, that wasn't as fucking horrible as I was expecting it to be, and then you get the ones like Nightmare on Elm Street that are just like, why fucking bother? Yeah. Make something new. Oh yeah, and the point of that is, uh-huh. malignant felt fresh. Oh yes, that's what we were. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I did have, like I said, um, dark half kind of vibes from it. Yeah, but, but I mean, I it, mind. everything is derivative of something now. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to come up with something that's so fucking new. I and think fresh. no matter how new you do something, someone's going to find something that goes, "Oh, it reminded me of you know movie A or book B or whatever," and you just go into and everybody's like inspired by something. Yeah, even subconsciously. You so I mean, you know, you and I both write, and a lot of our ideas have been inspired by for example the christmas book that we did my 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 story in that is completely inspired by my love of like films like the evil dead well hello mr fancy pants yeah yeah you know that silly splatter comedy fucking uh thing so yeah your your influences affect your work is what i'm trying to say i mean mine was inspired i took some of mine from i think it was icelandic mythology but it also became a hint of shawn of the dead Dead in there well that was a subconscious thing i think yeah but then weirdly we both without even discussing what we were writing we both put a line from the thing remake yeah in our in our stories i think i don't i know what that was about i think it's because we were writing a winter set it probably you were thinking of ice and And it's snowing in both our things and the first thing in a horror that your mind goes to when you think of like ice and snow is probably the thing yeah because i had the whole um I don't know what it was, but it's weird and pissed off. Or it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. I think that's what I put in I there. can't remember what the line I used was. Was it the, you got to be fucking kidding? Oh, it might have been. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, we both used the same name, Shirley, as well, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you had a shotgun and I had a barmaid. Yeah. Without discussing <laughs> anything. See, perhaps one of us is the um, conjoined. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the more energetic version. Um, I'd want to be the one that is just like the lazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Since when have I been fucking energetic? You could be the kung fu side of things, because yeah, I ain't fucking is, doing that. That is not going to happen. No. <laughs> Wrapping this up then, what would you give Malignant out of ten? Can we do point something? If you want do to. Do fractions. Um, I don't know. No, I'll tell you what, I'll, do, I'll, do it, I'll round it up and probably go for a seven. I was thinking a six and a half to seven. I'll go seven. Yeah, see, I'd so, go eight. Yeah. I'd give okay. it an eight, a solid eight out of ten. That's, that's pretty... Um... The thing is, people will see a seven out of ten and think, oh, that's bad, I only watched like nine or ten. Like, no, that's, to me, that's really good. It's well above that's, average. That's 70%. I wouldn't even get that in an exam. If you, you know? if you take a score of five as a... Well, it was all right. Yeah. Five is average. It's yeah. okay. It's going to have good and bad points. Fair to middling. Where yeah. a seven, I think, is... Well, or seven and a half yeah. or whatever. Eight is well it's above It's only average. when you get four and below that the stuff you really want to be avoiding, really. Well, when I ever look at a film on IMDb and try and decide if I want to watch that film. Anything over the rating of five, hmm. five or above, entices me more. Anything sort of under five, like four and a half, four. Yeah, but I know you're like me, and if you see something that's got a 2.1, you'll be like, I need to see this piece of shit. Only if it's got a really stupid fucking title. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the last one was Zombies. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, I've really got to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. And then you end up inevitably disappointed. Sometimes but... it backfires. That was it, Killer Sofa. I thought, oh, I've got yeah, to see this yeah. film, and it was fucking horrible. I actually felt bad because I reviewed it for the website and wasn't kind about it. And the filmmakers actually got in touch with me and apologised that their film didn't meet my expectations. <laughs> yeah. And they were so nice about it that yeah. I actually felt really bad for tearing their film to pieces. But you got the same thing. You know for well, not everyone's going to enjoy what you do. Some people might like, we're going back to our books now, some people might like them, some people might hate them. It's just the way things are. Yeah, that's you know, it. We're not all going to like the same shit. But yeah, we both in... What, uh, oh, you said you'd give Malignant 
Yeah, I can't even say it. Malignant and eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're fairly close on the scores for that, and we both enjoyed it. I mean, you a little bit more than me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, yeah. it's a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, so the next episode, I suppose, episode four, will be our remake top ten. Yeah, we were. We've also got hopefully coming up in the future, we were going to do our top ten Stephen King adaptations. Oh yeah. And coming up at some point, we are hoping to have a chat with uh, author Jonathan Butcher. Yes. If you want to check out his work, his recent released Chocolate Man, I think was his latest book, which I've got reviewed for on the website. So if you head over to realhorrorshow.co.uk, you can read it on there. Yeah, I've actually bought that and it's on my Kindle, so I need to read that before we do the interview. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's see for me, it's it's that thing where I would it's that disparity between rating a B movie and a triple A feature. I could give a B movie a higher score than I would this triple A title because I give them I rate them on a different scale. Yeah. And for me, Chocolate Man is like this awesome B movie trauma type thing that I just I gave it five out of five. I absolutely loved how ridiculous it is. Yeah, she's dealing with there's a lot of scatological humour, but it's it, we'll, we'll discuss this when we talk to Jonathan because it's so much more than just playground poo jokes. Yeah. There's a lot more, and it's really well written. And I was engrossed in the story well engrossed probably <laughs> whilst also giggling away it was just so much fun yeah i had to experience this myself yeah. because you know I obviously sort of like everything i know about it makes me think how can this be just not a story about somebody who thinks poo's funny yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> when i read the synopsis i thought this is just going to be a load of childish yeah poo jokes. jokes yeah I'll, I'll i'll buy it and see what i think and it was like this is yeah it's, it was a five out of five for me i really enjoyed it i mean it sounds like the word poo is overused and no, it's chock chock, chock. That's choc, worse. Choc, yeah, chock chock and brown. Time. I, was about, I was about to go into like how the word poo is a bit <laughs> yeah. childish and pure. I, I, there's probably every kind of turn of phrase for shit, scat, poo, poo, feces. <laughs> every, everything is going to be in there, but the the main ones are chock chock and brown time. I cannot poo for you. It's a brown And out of context like this, they sound silly. I mean, you're grinning at them now. <laughs> but somehow you manage, when you know what they're about, somehow within the book, which I've done in the review, you can kind of get those, the sinister connotations of when he's going to, when he mentions like it's time for Chock Chock. Like now I'm just saying it and I want to laugh. But in the, you'll be reading it and you're going, oh, fuck. Right. Whilst at the same time going, it's still funny. But okay. it's also creepy at the same time. And I, I had a fucking blast with it. So, But anyway, yeah, hopefully we'll be chatting to author Jonathan Butcher as well at some point to have a chat about the book and just generally I will read it. shit. And I'll read it before we do the interview. Yeah. And uh, then I'll be a little bit more informed about what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Not just sitting there going, hurt, poo. Yeah. <laughs> like a massive child. That'll be next then. The, oh, the, the remakes. The remakes. Oh, I've got to do some work on that. See, I've got a top ten Stephen King thing all written up. Although we can do that next if you want. Oh, I don't mind. We'll do. We can do the remakes. I'm, I'm sure I can write something in the course of. I'm being surprised that you, when you come up with ten, you'll think, "Well, that was fucking easier than I thought." Because you I don't know. I, off, off, off the there. Off the top of my head, I cannot think of probably three or four. Well, I'll find you a curveball here by saying you can't use the thing or the fly. Exactly. That's like, well, there's my top two gone straight away. Yeah. There's one we're both going to use because we've mentioned it today already. Yeah. But I think we've mentioned two. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. You yeah. might you might have done that I might not agree with, but we'll see how it goes. Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see what you've got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, so uh, that's the end of the show then, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Thanks for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much, and hopefully uh, you'll be here for the next episode. See ya. Ta-da.